is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Show. We're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Shecky Show. Hi there, how you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I might be in the back. I don't, I haven't, I'm new here. What? Yeah, you'll have to check yourself. I'm, I don't know. Mm. Some new character I'm working on. Yeah, what is it called? It's the uh, uncertain store clerk. I see. I see. Yes. Well, all right. I figured in these times when most people aren't interacting with store clerks, my character is pertinent. I pertinent. see. Pertinent. I see. Pertinent. Pertinent. Pertinent on the Ritz. Percocet. Okay. Perfect. Uh, all right. Uh, welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number seventy-six. Seventy-six of the Middle Age. Cool Kids, super terrific podcast featuring your pals. Hey, this is Stacy Peralta and your Bernadette Peters. Okay, what do they have in common? Exactly. That's why this show is so magical. <laughs> you get two people who just have nothing to say to each other. Uh-huh. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. I think Bernadette Peters is a personable uh, lady. I was going to say young lady, but... Uh, how about Stacy? Is he a personable young lady? No, but he, he's a guy. He's a. I know. Thank you. You Dave. know who he is. Of course. Well, I know who he is. All right. How do you know who he is? Because I've seen the documentary as well. The documentary. Uh huh. All right. Well then, you are allowed to be the Bernadette Peters. Uh, wait, the Bernadette Peters. The Bernadette. That's my. She's uh, the hood version. I don't. The Bernadette. Want, no, no. I'm quite happy with the regular version of Bernadette Peters. Thank you very much. The Bernadette Peters. The Bernadette is a, is black and has a large butt. Okay. Well, then maybe I am closer to the Bernadette. All right. Uh, anyway, everyone. Uh, everyone, welcome to uh, the show. Today's episode is all about Richard Jewell. Oh, wow. Let's get a new tape going. All right, Richard, here's what we're going to do. We need a voice exemplar. I want you to say into this phone, there's a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Richard... You're a national hero now. Thank you, sir. But I was just doing my job. You always look at the guy who found the bomb just like you always look at the guy who found the body. Jewel fits the profile of the lone bomber. A frustrated white man who is a police wannabe who seeks to become a hero. We're running it. You're a suspect. You don't talk. I talk. Say it. I don't talk. This might be the only way to clear your name. I want you to say there's a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Stop trying to be their best friend. I was raised to respect authority. Authorities are looking to eat you alive. 
Headquarters in Bauman Centennial Park. We have 30 minutes. I'm sorry, what? His accusers are two of the most powerful forces in the world, the United States government and the media. I do want to help y'all on law enforcement, too. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Did he do it? Richard Jewell is an innocent man. He's a hero. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. One more time, just a little louder. I report the facts. You've ruined this man's life. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Do a couple in a row. My son saved people's lives. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. You set that bomb. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. I don't know how to protect you. I think your client is guilty as hell. They want to fry you. You're gonna start fighting back. Now, that man might have been the dumbest smart guy in the world, or the smartest dumb guy. You choose. Well, we're talking about uh, not only just the movie, but the just the whole situation, the whole thing that happened back in '96 uh, during the uh, Atlanta Olympics, um, the Olympic Park bombing. And I guess the 88 days plus that uh, surrounded that event. And basically, um, that guy was like immediately fingered to be the guy. Uh, like almost immediately. I think he had maybe a full day of, oh, look at this hero. We can't wait to uh, get him on our show to talk about what a hero he is. And then, boom. This guy is the most hated guy in America. This morning, he was a man with Olympic gold medal hero status. The alert security guard who spotted the deadly backpack and saved lives. I will say everyone has been uh, very nice. Tonight, he's the FBI's prime suspect in the Centennial Park bombing. I'm sure they're investigating everyone that, that was in the area. That may be, but it was 33-year-old Richard Jewell who left his Buford Highway apartment this afternoon, headed to Atlanta FBI headquarters with two federal agents close behind. Hey, didn't they try to do that to that guy just subtly? He was at home. Everyone loved him, and then everyone hated him. Who are you talking to? I'm you, talking to you. <laughs> he was on the internet. Who are you talking about? What was his name? He had a pen, maybe. He was overweight. Everyone loved him, then everyone hated him. He had a for two pen. seconds. He was he was popular for two seconds. He was like oh a, oh the red the red sweater guy. Yes yes. That see everyone loved him, and then boom they switched and hated him. Now if he had been convicted of a park bombing, it would have been similar. Yeah. So what I'm saying makes no sense. No, but you know what it it does show me. It shows me that fake news has been around for longer than we. Uh, we thought, you know. Well, I know it's been around forever. I just didn't call it fake news. What'd you call it? I called it bullshit. I see. Well, I mean, I I feel like this is uh, this was a a terrible thing that happened, and like you said, this guy's personality 
was way different than, say, you know, people that maybe you're used to dealing with, or maybe it's not. Maybe you have someone in your life that is like that. I feel like maybe he was uh, somewhere on the spectrum well, how, well, as far how do as you, being autistic, perhaps. How, how do you know so much about law and and order, essentially, yet you're fooled into doing the things that he was fooled into by the FBI. That's the problem. He wasn't fooled into it. Well, what are you talking about? This is the okay, this is the thing. He uh he was manipulated into it, but he this guy Richard Jewell, the real guy and the guy in the movie, um always wanted to be a, an officer of the law and sometimes he could Maybe he, he had could no clue it. as to how the uh, the law worked no that's not true exactly the opposite and so sometimes he could he could actually become a deputy and would get you know fired <laughs> or sometimes he uh would become a security guard and uh maybe you know um be a little too uh over anxious to rule as the security dick. guard um, but classic definition of an asshole. No, but he was he was very much into law enforcement, uh, in a way that most people are into bands or uh, television or movies. This guy was all law enforcement all the time, and he let those the FBI come and manipulate him because he respected law enforcement. He thought. Okay, these guys are like me. I'm in law enforcement. They're in law enforcement. Yeah, I know a, what to do. He's a simpleton. Well, yeah. Okay, that's what I'm saying. He was. Uh, he was fooled by the FBI. I don't know that he was fooled. He just felt like he that they deserved all the respect yeah, and all. He thought want. he was. Manip- yep. He yep. honestly thought that they were working to eliminate him as a uh, suspect at first. They thought you know everybody at the park was a suspect, so he was kind of. You could say what you want. He did this. They've depicted the dumbest behavior possible. I don't know if it was just dumb or like I'm telling you, I think Why? he might have been Why? autistic it, or something. It doesn't matter. The end result is retarded. All right. You, Absolutely well, you retarded. You have zero empathy for any people ever. So I'm going to just uh, go out on a limb here and say that this guy's personality was, was not a normal, regular, everyday personality that you would come in contact with. Um, if you're just a day-to-day type of person, um, maybe they work at the, behind the register somewhere or whatever. But this guy was different. He was just different. Very much into law enforcement, very much into the law, very much respecting the law. I was raised to respect authority, sir. Son, authorities, what's outside that window looking to eat you alive? He did not realize at first that he was the suspect, the main suspect. He in his mind thought everybody was a suspect and he was fine with that but uh, the FBI did go out of their way to lie and uh, get him to come in uh, a couple days after it all happened get him to come into the FBI headquarters hello Richard Jewell yeah I'm, I'm Richard special agent Dan Bennett Tom Shaw FBI you got a minute yeah, we got. Yeah, we got a minute. Come on in. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, um, Mama, this is Agent uh, Bennett, Bennett and Shaw. Shaw. This is my mother, uh, Bobby. Hey, good pleasure, man. Uh, 
uh, what, can, what, can, what can I do for y'all? Well, the Bureau is actually putting together a training video uh, on how to deal with suspicious packages, and we'd love you to be a part of it. How's that sound to you? Uh, I would love to help out with that. Yeah, absolutely. You did it, Richard. You showed him what kind of cop you can be. Uh, see, the only thing is that we're shooting it today, so yeah. we'd need you to, uh, to follow us to the field office right now because time's a little bit tight, okay? You know what? I would love to, but I still got to work today. I got my shift. Oh, this so. won't take long, Richard. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, I bet we can make that work. I can call in and tell them I'm going to be a little bit late. I mean, I want to help you all. I'm... I'm Law enforcement, too. Oh, we know that. We know yes, that. indeed. I mean, they went above and beyond to try to get him to sign papers, to get a confession out of him. And as, you know, as dumb as you might want to say he is, he realized he needed a lawyer. That part is true in the movie and in the, the real life story. That doesn't make any sense. Well, because they gave him something to sign, and at him having been in law enforcement, even if it's in drips and drabs, he knew, well, no if they one, want me to sign something, no one, this is real. No one would, would yell into a phone, there's a bomb in the park. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to uh, hand you this phone, and when I do, you're going to wait till the beep, and then you're going to say into it, there's a bomb in Centennial Park, you have 30 minutes. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, what? Why? We need a voice exemplar, like I said a few times. There's a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. It might be the only way to clear your name. I do want to help y'all. I'm, I'm law enforcement, too. So. Well, yeah, then you should know how evidentiary this is, right? So there's a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. 30 minutes, okay. After the beep? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Okay, one more time, just a little louder. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Okay, that's great. Uh, can you do it one more time? Maybe let's do a series. We'll do a couple in a row. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. There is a bomb in Centennial Are Park. You, you have. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. It's you don't talk to him. No, hell it is. Mr. Brian, in listen, Russia. Listen, 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 listen. Your listen. client volunteered this. Oh, bullshit. Maybe you can do this. Maybe you can't. Not doing it today. Let's go, Richard. I don't let's mind go. doing it. If it helps clear my name. Not, let's go. Not client today. I agreed to this. I'm, I'm going to sue your ass for intentional okay. violation of his constitutional rights. Okay. I'm having all this shit excluded. You guys are full of shit. Let's go. The, no one would do that. No, there's no. You, you, not even the black kids in the park in the Wilding case were that stupid. That no one does that. Who does that? Well, that's the act. That's the action of a brain dead human being. This is the, again. The FBI was way out of out of line here. Um, this was the same administration that was. Uh, Involved in Ruby Ridge, I believe. And uh, when did Waco happen? Uh, I don't know. 90, Was that all, 91, 92, Is this all under Janet, Janet Reno? I guess so. So, I mean, this is a... This is a, this is a corrupt FBI uh, 
or at least at the highest levels. Um, and they really just wanted to get somebody quick. And uh, they, they, they picked the wrong guy for a few reasons, but they hammered this guy and the media totally complicit, specifically this uh, Atlanta Journal, uh, I forget what the, Atlanta Journal Constitution um, was the first one to go to press with the headline about him being the suspect. And from there, it, it went to CNN and every, once they printed that headline, it was everywhere. And then so began the media. I mean, Tom Brokaw, Jay Leno, huge stars were just immediately, you know, assuming that he was the guilty guy and that he was, you know, he was off to jail, ready for jail. So it, I was, the movie's very good. Do you read that the movie's very good? Yeah, it was good. Uh, but it's 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 maddening as well, right? Yeah, I mean the movie was good, but then on the other hand, I'm not sure how good the movie was. Why is that? Well, I don't know. The way they depicted the media and the way they made that woman's character out to be. First of all, it just seems so absurdly like cliched corrupt news person with no morals and just like she was you know the drinking and whatever the whole th- uh, I guess it's that I guess it's like that but I don't know and if she's so lacking morals how come out of nowhere she changes and becomes on his side basically and where out of nowhere she just thinks that she all of a sudden she's like he couldn't have done it like she came upon some revelation and now she's just changed it seemed like completely out of her character she was so invested in him being guilty that she wouldn't have changed like that she wouldn't have changed well the real uh, life uh, Kathy Scruggs was so uh, so devastated by what she had started. That she wasn't that bad in the first place. So devastated th- that what she had started ruined this guy's life, his his mom's life, uh, brought shame upon her newspaper, to her, to the person who wrote it. Uh, she became a, 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 a drug abuser and died of an overdose. Good, fuck her. So she's, you know, I have a feeling I've, I've read. Now, this movie is based on a book and an article from Vanity Fair. I have read the article from Vanity Fair. And, uh, you know, they dance around saying that she was, you know, how she was portrayed. Did she have sex with an FBI informant? I, or an FBI agent? I don't know. But in the article from 97, they say, you know, very close. That she was very close with someone. Is that code? I don't know. Whatever. She. It's just that they the literally way, called no, her a police groupie. She was gung ho, and then all of a sudden she's changed. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Well, also, Kathy Bates' character, Bobby Jewel. She sees her son on TV and all this stuff, and she says, "You're a rock star." 
Well, guess what? In 1996, no one called anyone a rock star unless you were a rock star. That term wasn't used back then. Is that true? Yeah, that was not a thing. When was that started? Sometime in the 2000s. It's, that is not a thing in the Are 90s. you serious? Absolutely. That's, I, okay. I'll no, take you with that. was that. not a thing. Nope. Really? And... Uh, the things that stick in your, your head. I like Sam Rockwell. He was the best part of the movie, in my opinion. And I like Richard Jewell character. And I like Kathy Bates. So the movie was good, but a couple of those things I don't know about. Richard Jewell was played by Paul Walter Hauser. And the really funny thing about... Well, it's not funny, maybe ironic, I don't know. Uh, coincidental... Jay Leno uh, had referred to Richard Jewell as the Unidoofus, right? Uh And then he had made some sort of remark regarding how, you know, he looks like he could have been the guy that hit Nancy Kerrigan with a baseball bat. Galooly? No, that's... Galooly was uh, Tanya Harding's uh, husband, Air, uh, Sean Eckert was the guy who hit uh, Nancy Kerrigan uh-huh. with the baseball bat. Paul Walter Hauser plays <laughs> Sean Eckert in I, Tanya. So oh, nice. It's a go. really uh, weird turn of uh So they events. were right. He does look like I guess, that. yeah. So Jay Leno was right. But... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think this is a unique situation where the press has uh, gone after someone without uh, the true facts. And uh, it's probably happening right now in, in these past couple of years. I think it happens all the time. I mean, what about uh, Roger Stone? <laughs> Roger Stone. I mean, but, dude, look what they've done to Alex Jones. How about, uh, yeah. They've deplatformed Alex Jones. They have deplatformed Owen Benjamin. They have deplatformed uh, Gavin McInnes. De- Gavin McKines. De- Gavin McKines. Uh, they are doing it all the time. The crime is not uh, the central or the uh, yeah, Olympic Park bombing, it. but it's still they still are swarming. What do you think? Uh, you know what? Uh, what about Deep Throat? You know that was the, the that was the uh, that was the government in cahoots with the media. Mm-hmm. It's always going on. And like you said in that movie, Out of the Shadows, FBI's got a presence in the, uh, and CIA's got a presence in Hollywood. They certainly do. So that nothing's changed. It's all part of the same thing. I guess oh. it, I guess the, maybe, uh, the internet has made us all more aware because of the internet, you can, somebody, you know, Jack in Kansas City can sit at his desk and cobble together clips showing how terrible it is and how terrible it's it's been. Prior to the internet, you know, we just had to really all be on our game because they certainly weren't outing each other. Tell Jack in Kansas City to stop it. I'm, I just, there's no, I mean, there is a Jack in Kansas City. There is City. one. I know there. Which Kansas City are we talking about? Which state is it in? No one knows where Kansas City is. I'm talking about 
Kansas City, Missouri. Well, why would it? Why would that be a place? That's like Manhattan, New Jersey. Because this Kansas is City, Kansas City is a very, very large city uh, on the border. I'm going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. How do you know where you're going, Dave? I went to the wrong place, apparently. No, it's all the same place. What? That's what I'm saying. No, it can't be. Well, why would they get so angry at Mr. Trump for not knowing where it is then? Because they just want to get angry at Mr. Trump. But it's not the same place. It is the same place. Oh my God! How can it be in two states? But they, this it's is on a, the border. This is bionic. It's just on the border. It's I'm not on a the border, problem. freaking out, man. I see that. You better just calm down. Richard Jewell, I feel like a Richard fool. Okay. So, uh, the movie starts with, uh, you know, Richard what point Jewell. Can I, what, what point do I say tantamount? Uh, anytime you I feel just like, did. Okay. Uh, the movie starts with uh, Richard Jewell, you know, going through some jobs uh, and, you know, getting fired from from one or being forced to resign from uh, this college that he uh, was a security guard at. I don't know why no one called my attention to your file before. I mean, all these complaints about you, uh, physically uh, assaulting a student. And, and have you really been pulling people over on the highway? Um, yes, sir, I have. I figured that if you do the drug tests on the road, trouble never gets to the campus. We don't have any jurisdiction on the highway. And I realize that, but I believe in law and order, sir. You can't have a country without it. It's a maniac. You kind of see that he's, this is where, I mean, immediately you start thinking, oh, maybe he has autism. Some sort of functional I autism. thought he had assholeism. Because he, uh, he's, he, he has, had Asperger's. Okay. Sorry. Jesus Christ. He had uh, written down, when he'd first been hired, something that this dean of the school had told him. And, uh, and he had taken it to heart as far as, uh, you know, he didn't want a Mickey Mouse type of uh, organization as far as the security went. I don't want any Mickey Mousing on these grounds. Isn't that what you said? When did I say that? You said the Founders Day last year, I believe. You were by the punch bowl. I walked up to you and you said to me, uh, uh, well, I had interrupted you. I apologize. I introduced myself and I said I was going to be the greatest campus security guard you ever had. And you said, that's good. I don't want any Mickey Mousing on this campus. I think I might even wrote it down. I write down most things. I keep the important ones. And I believe, oh, yes, sir. I don't want any Mickey Mousing on these grounds. Those are your words, sir. So... I took it seriously, and now my question for you is, what about these kids in the dormitory, drinking and all that? What you gonna do about that? We're just gonna let it slide? Do you want to resign, or would it be better if I fired you? Where was the man's father in this whole thing? We never see Richard Jewell's dad. Now the problem lies in that man. Well, Richard Jewell was born Richard White. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and his, uh... His father... Is he um, related to Urkel? His father and mother uh, divorced well, when Richard was four. Oh, Jesus. Um, his he, could have been, uh, he could have been a serial killer. 
His mom then went and got a job at an insurance agency where she met uh, Mr. Jewell, who then she then married. He's not in the movie either. He adopted uh, Richard as his own child, which was very nice. And uh, he eventually left the family. He felt like he was a failure in life. Well, and he was. left them a note saying, I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm a failure, I'm gone. Dear John and Richard. So uh, he left, and that's why he's not in the movie, because he's not part of their lives. Uh, they should have brought him in for the movie. It could have been David Spade. Okay, I don't, I don't. In a pickup truck, and he could have been useless. Uh-huh. I'm a failure, he could have said, and uh-huh. just driven off. It could have and become cameo. Joe Dirt. Yes. I see. All right. Well, anyway, so then he, uh, you know, he loses that job at the college, uh, and he goes to move back in with his mom. Um, in real life, she had had an operation, so um, he thought, okay, well, I've lost my job. And uh, she probably needs a little help from her operation, so let, let me just move in with her and try to get a job working security at the Olympics. And that's basically what happened. Um, he got the job at the security, um, and apparently these Olympics, the way they were uh, put together, there was like a main square, and in the, in the center of it was this concert uh, venue. So they would have different concerts every night. You know, we saw uh, Kenny Rogers and was it Jack Mack in the Heart Attacks at some point? Jack Mack. Jack Mack was playing that night. Do you know, did you know anything about Jack Mack? Had you uh, heard of Jack Mack? I have Mack? heard of Jack Mack and the Heart Attack. But if it wasn't for the Heart Attack, I wouldn't have heard of Jack Mack. Yeah, you still with us? Are you still there? Song is on, on the upcoming album Jack Mack and the Heart Attack. I walked along. Listen, I was walking on my own. Shield down to the bone. Restless days, sleepless nights. I needed someone to hold me tight now. Now you're here. you're saying i'm just saying i only know what the name jack mack is because of jack mack and the heart attack i see if you said jack mack i would say i don't know what you're talking about i see jack mack and the heart attack well now i know what you're doing it kind of like reminds me of the bus the bus boys uh-huh what was that band the bus boys from uh 48, 48 hours just the bus boys i think so wasn't it sort of like a working man's Poor man something or other. Uh-huh. A working man's poor man something or other. Yes. Excellent. Love that group. Uh, anyway, so then he's, you know, he's working security. He had the night shift. Uh, the concerts would go on uh, till late in the night, apparently. And uh, he 
you know, is doing his rounds and just checking up on people, and he comes across this backpack. Before the bomb went off, Jewel was working as a security guard in Centennial Park, guarding the AT&T Tower there, when he says that he noticed an olive green backpack under a bench. About this size? No, sir. Probably, Bigger. yes, or two foot by three foot, probably. And he says he became concerned when a group of men who'd been drinking near that bench left the area without the bag. Jules says he alerted another officer. He turned around, went back over to them. A conversation took place where more or less they said it wasn't theirs. He came back. He said, um, they say it's not theirs. And I said, well, that's funny. They've been sitting on top of it for about 30, 45 minutes. At that point, um, we upgraded it to a suspicious package. A federal agent from ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, was called to the scene. He crawled under the bench and with his pen light he was, he was laying flat on his stomach and he was undoing the top of the bag with his hand and he was doing his flashlight like this and all of a sudden he just froze and he tensed up and he just rolled, not even moving his arms, he just rolled out of the way. When he rolled out of the way, he jumped up and ran over to the other agents that were standing about 10 feet away. What really made me think this is, uh-oh, this is bad, is there was like a little line in training that they taught you that would instill in you, you know, um, and it was, if you see an ATF agent running, you better be in front of him. So did you start to run too? N no, sir. You uh, stayed there within 10 yards of, of uh where the package was? Yes, sir. We were just concerned with getting the people as far away as we could, as quickly as we could. Now, he was slightly in a he slightly was in the van down by the river. He was a heavy set gentleman, is that what you mean? Well, just occasionally it was reminding me of Chris Farley. Yeah. Chris Farley played a security guard. Yeah, he's got that. Uh, he's... When he was warning people to get away and stuff. Yeah, I mean, he, again, he's he's not. He's not you. He's not me. God damn him. But, Be uh, me. No. Uh, no, no, no. Um, so he's... And the other thing is, is that there had been another uh, backpack found, uh, I guess, the week before. And, that, and there's a lot of backpacks at the Jack Mack and a Heart Attack Shack. Well, this is the thing. I guess what had happened was the bomber had just wanted to see what the procedure was. Oh, snap. Was that what he was doing with the beers? That was the bomber? No, that was... That no. was just a hippie? Yeah, that was just uh, a, a... That was... That wasn't a dry run? No, uh-uh. That was... Yeah, no, that was only a couple days before. But he, he was suspicious of that, too. He was suspicious... Of, yeah, of course. He he has that law... and He really considered himself to be law enforcement, whether he was a security guard or a, or anything else. He just... That's what he really uh, loved. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, there was a backpack the week before, um, and then I don't know how they took care of it. He hadn't found that one, but he found this one. And uh, at first, he, you know, he didn't think it was anything, but he did go through the procedure to, you know, to get everybody there to inspect it because it's the Olympics, and you know, that's what that would that's what needed to be done, mm -hmm. and. Uh, by the time they found it, uh, you know, it had already been there quite a while, I guess, and it just it just blew. They, he tried to get, look at everybody, when they figured out that it was indeed a bomb, they tried to get everybody far away from it. Um, 
those dudes that had been playing with the beer bottles um, had managed to kick it under the uh, under the bench more than it had originally been. Mm-hmm. It had had three big canisters of, uh, or had three, I guess, pipe bombs in it, but only one went off. And, and most of that stuff shot into the sky because of the way it was kicked. So there was, while there was two deaths that day, or one death from the shrapnel and one person had a heart attack, um, there would have been... Was it Jack Mac? It was not Jack Mac, but... Uh, had those how ironic how those drunken had those drunken uh party goers or whatever not kicked it under the bench see he should have never hassled them well i mean it's all part of they a might thing. have absorbed all the nails too i no i don't know why they don't have like a big 55 gallon drum that they just place over it well i don't know because it might implode and cause the drum to explode does it become a bigger bomb oh i see what you're saying well i mean whatever the case may be they um although although that would shield the shrapnel that's what i'm thinking but maybe they don't have 55 gallon drums just hanging around in that park they need them i i would think so i would think that you should have your garbage the obama administration depleted the the uh reserve of these drums i would think that if you're going to have a an olympic Oh my! Sorry. I would think if you're going to have an Olympic event, an Olympic park, an Olympic gathering, that you should have your garbage cans uh, double as uh, some sort of bomb protection. Fair enough. Something you could just toss over something. Hope for the best. I don't know. Maybe there's no sense in that. I thought it was. We need some water. Some 50-gallon drums with water in them. Throw it in the water. That'll work. The hydrogen bomb. Does it? I don't know. Water will will absorb the shock waves. No? I mean, I guess I've seen that in movies, but I don't know if it would... Because you need more water than just 50 gallons. Well, I don't don't know. Maybe... uh, Maybe someone will let us know if that I think it's better to have an explosion in a swimming pool than outside of a swimming pool. Right. Well, that's true. But uh, anyway, so this, this, so from there, you know, like I said, he gets maybe 24 hours of what a hero. And even in that 24 hours when people are saying you're a hero, he was like, well, no, there's a lot of people involved in that. You know, he was an he was not searching for the spotlight in any way yet you know 24 hours later all of a sudden the FBI and and this newspaper are saying he fits a profile the story leaked to the media was that Jewel wasn't a hero at all but was himself the bomber who perversely sought publicity for saving people from the explosion Richard Jewel fits the profile of the lone bomber absolutely Absolutely false But everybody then assumed that this bizarre character, as he was being portrayed, had decided that this was going to be his 15 minutes of fame, that he was going to uh, set up this situation where he would literally bomb a park and then claim to be a hero. Now, what's not in the movie is that there is, a, I think, an ex-FBI or uh, ex-something who is a profiler who said, 
to himself, there is no such thing as this profile. He says, there is no profile of a security guard who lives with his mother, uh, you know, planting a bomb for fame and fortune. There's no such profile. Yeah, when did he say that? Uh, Back then. To whoever would listen to him. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, um, that no was... Would listen? No. The FBI was a, was a steamrolling machine who uh, they wanted to get their man and they wanted to look good. We now know a lot more than we knew at the time when we sat down and talked with you initially. We know, for example, that the FBI was interested in Richard but had really not decided whether Richard Jewell was a possible suspect or a potentially valuable witness. But before they could execute their plan, the banner headline gets published, and now all of a sudden, the FBI's got to come to grips with Richard Jewell in a public investigation. And that changed, I think, the whole approach that the FBI took. Now, apparently, the FBI agent that was uh, in charge... John Hamp. Well, they changed the FBI names, um, so I don't know if it was Ham or not, but it could have easily been that one. But he had actually been reassigned to Atlanta because he was terrible. (laughs) So they, you know, they reassigned him out of wherever he had been, New York or wherever, and, and, and tossed him down to Atlanta, hoping that he couldn't do any, uh, trouble couldn't Hmm. cause any trouble uh yet there he was causing trouble and um you know like i said it's it's i felt for the guy the whole time you know even if he did come off like an asshole uh at times um it didn't matter didn't it doesn't matter just because you're an asshole doesn't mean you're planting bombs you know what I mean? Yes. It's just like, well, that guy can be a complete dick, and <clears throat> I can hate him, but that doesn't mean he's a murderer. Now, all assholes do not plant bombs, but all people who plant bombs are assholes. Well, that's that's entirely true. Yeah, so just let's get that straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh... So they uh, took, they they conveniently made the two attorneys into one attorney in the movie. Well, there's actually three attorneys, um, but the Sam Rockwell character he really was alone at first. Uh huh. He was he was alone at first dealing with this shit. He was the main guy. He was the main guy. That story where he had worked at the small business association. And uh, had had met uh, Richard Jewell there. That's all true. Snickers bar, true. Radar, true. Gotcha. Um, so he really was the only attorney that Richard Jewell knew. Um, and he had kept in contact with him, you know. Um, he nope. did owe him a hundred bucks, but he wasn't... He was... He... I, I don't know why this... Like, I wouldn't even have included the hundred bucks in the movie since it was not based on the real story. Yeah. But apparently... It was never resolved either. What? They didn't resolve it either. Richard Jewell uh, bought a radar detector from uh, Watson Bryant, mm-hmm. the uh, 
Sam Rockwell character. Yeah. But he didn't have the money, and it was, and so he said, "Okay, just get me the hundred when you can." Like he, it was, you know, he bought it for a hundred bucks, and he never gave it back. Why did they change that? I don't know. Like I wouldn't even have put that in. I wouldn't have put it in at all. It doesn't make any sense. Strange. But you know, um, they also didn't say how um, Watson Bryant's brother had hired. Rich Jewell to help him like uh, coach a football team. Like he was, they made him, they made Richard Jewell look more of a loner than he really was. Mm. He had friends um, other than that guy, Dave Duchess. Yeah. They combined his character into two. Huh. Or they, I mean, they used him to represent two different people. Clint's taking some liberties. Well, I, I think whoever wrote the script was taking the liberties. Billy Ray, his name was. But uh, that's a fake person. Okay, so uh, what was I saying? He took some liberties. Oh, you were saying about the three different attorneys. So he did call on those other attorneys. He was getting in a little too deep, I think, and he he wanted yeah. the extra help. Gotcha. So that's when he called in those other guys. But yeah, I think towards the end there was quite a team, quite a team of attorneys. Dream team. Maybe. Brian Gumble. Was giving him some hassles. I did not like the... Okay, first of all, the Bryant Gumble guy didn't seem at all like Bryant Gumble. Mr. Jewell's attorney, Mr. Bryant, thanks for coming in. Well, what are the authorities telling about their suspicions about your client? Uh, nothing. No communication whatsoever? Uh, all they've said to me is that they're not going to arrest him. That's what they told me yesterday. Do you believe that? No. You think they are going to arrest him? I don't think they'd tell me whether they were or they weren't. That's all. What do you think of the manner in which the FBI has, has, has treated your client pursuing this investigation? I think whoever the bum was that leaked that Richard Jewell was the focus of this investigation, he deserves to be prosecuted or dealt with in some serious way. I don't think that this investigation should be uh, conducted under world spotlight, if you will, like this. What's your client told you about this cabin that's being searched today? It's his former residence, as I understand. You need, you need to understand something. I have barely had the time to take a breath in this case since it started the other night. We have been reacting to the media, to the FBI, and I have not sat down and had conducted an in-depth interview about all these things that y'all are asking Why are you about. so convinced of his innocence? Because I've known Richard for a while. I've looked him in the eye and I've asked him the question. But you've admitted to me you didn't even know he had a cabin. You didn't know about this this, this prior I, arrest. You didn't know about prior misdemeanors. I, There's a whole lot of priors you didn't know about. I have not conducted a thorough investigation into well, I, Richard I understand all that. I guess what I'm asking you is considering that you haven't done that and considering there are things that you didn't know, why are you so convinced of because I believe him. He seemed like more like the black guy from uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that bothered me, and if you've watched the movie or if you do watch the movie, uh, when they show the 70s TV and, um, you know, uh, Bryant Gumbel is uh, interviewing Watson Bryant, mm-hmm. they have the these scan lines over it to make it look like it's old TV. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yes. But the the font that they have their names under, like the font that they used, they placed it on top of the scan lines and not behind it. So the fonts, the font was sharp and crisp and looked like something out of 2020 or 2020. 
when it should have been also affected to make it look old. And it literally pulled me right out. I didn't notice it. I know. That's that's a, that's a me thing. But uh, I was just like, ugh. And they did it a, f- a few times in that back and forth. And I was like, come on. The music was done by Arturo Sandoval. I think that he is now I think he's from Cuba if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken is he from Cuba or no he's from somewhere he's from Latin America where is he from now he is a Cuban American yeah. jazz trumpeter see, pianist he, and composer he got introduced to America through Dizzy Gillespie I see and uh, he is hip man he's a hip cat Sandoval, while living in his native Cuba, was influenced by jazz musicians Charlie Parker, Clifford Brown, and Dizzy Gillespie, finally meeting Gillespie later in 1977. Gillespie became a mentor. What? What did I say last week? Oh, Jesus. I read the the scrolls. I have one job. I, I, I don't know. I have one job. Oh, Jesus. Uh... So music is by him. Uh, music is great. Um, the Clay sto- always has good music. The story is is great. It's mostly true. I'd probably say it's like eighty-five to ninety percent true. Like I said, they combine people to make it uh, quicker, shorter, easier to digest in you know two hours and ten minutes. What'd you like more, this or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood made me cry and made me have a emotional and physical reactions. <laughs> I had to run out of the room. I was getting very worked up. So I, I would say... That's how I felt watching Jumanji. Uh-huh. I would say that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a better movie. Um it's just a it's just a it's just really really well done i will say that this one has a better rating on imdb now what's better this movie or mm-hmm. the nightcrawler nightcrawler is very good nightcrawler is very good all right what about zodiac this one's better than zodiac that how about a little- zodiac kkkk I think the uh, I think I think this movie is better than that too. This one reminded me of those kind of movies. Yes. I don't know what they are, but uh. Well, because it's also a bit of a period it's piece. It's a time piece. Yeah. This is a great movie. I think it's uh, it didn't do very well in the theaters at all. It didn't even. I think worldwide, it didn't make back its budget. Now, I wonder if this is a better movie than Play Misty for me. Has he gotten better or is he not better? I don't think it's better. I, I don't know about that. So you don't like this movie? I like it, but I think Play Misty for me might be better. Play Misty for me is, is uh, a thriller. It's thrilling. This is not that. This is a, this is a you know, true life. This should have been more of, of a thriller. I see. 
They needed to throw some psycho killer in here. Well, they did. The hunt for Eric Rudolph was long and frustrating. It all started with the Olympic Park bombing in 1996. The huge explosion shattered the joy of the Centennial Games. One dead, 111 hurt. Investigators were left with few clues. Only shrapnel and a 911 call to police just minutes before the attack. Authorities were frustrated. Pierre, I couldn't begin to tell you how many false trails we ran down, uh, how many false suspects. Five months later, a blast at an Atlanta abortion clinic injures seven. Then another bombing at a suburban Atlanta gay bar wounds five. But this time, the bomber mails a calling card to the media, an angry letter signed the Army of God, a little-known white extremist group. It rails against the government, homosexuals, and abortion rights supporters. Eventually, once they finally caught Eric Rudolph, who I had been... I remember when he was on the run. Yeah. In the woods. He had been living in the woods in... Uh, North Carolina. Carolinas. And it was kind of... He was... Uh, a survivalist. Planting bombs at uh, abortion clinics. Uh, and when they finally brought him in... You know, that's the other thing with Richard Jewell... They eventually they never they never did charge him never did arrest him because they never had anything on him. Well, but uh, when they finally arrested Eric Rudolph, mm -hmm. he admitted that he in fact was the Olympic Park bomber. Well, there you go. Now the thing is, uh, did he was that ever proven, or did he just admit it for notoriety? Did no. they ever really look into it, or they just said, "Oh, okay, we take your word for it"? Uh, I'm I'm sure they looked into it, uh, and he did, he didn't need any more notoriety. Notoriety. He didn't need any more of that. Well, what I'm saying is tantamount. Uh, tantamount to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't ready to use it. See. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Eric Rudolph. Uh, now, do they say he, the evil red-nosed reindeer has been caught? I don't think that's what they called him, no. They should have called him, they should have dubbed him the evil red-nosed reindeer. Yeah, uh, no, I don't think they did that. Now, uh -huh. is he related to Maya Rudolph? Yes. No wonder she's so enchanting. <laughs> what? <laughs> What? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently. I don't understand why you would say that. Because she's half black and half Jewish. Now that's enchanting. I Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> why is that enchanting? I don't know. You are a weirdo, that man. That sounds like someone with a lot of soul. I see. You consider that people who are Jewish to have a lot of soul? Yes. I see. That's why we have... A uh, Hebrew, he he fro. What's it called? I don't know. Afro, Jufro. I see. Hebrew fro. Oh. He fro. He fro airport. What? Oh. Uh, I've landed uh -huh. at the Hebrew. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Thank you. Now I was talking oh. about something about with, uh, Richard Jewel. I mean, uh, Eric Rudolph. Yes. Now, I just can't remember. That guy was uh That guy's a scary character. I think he's still alive. Yeah, he's in jail. Good. Forever and ever and ever. Well, I think he should be let out during the coronavirus. 
<laughs> Can you imagine? All those people they let <laughs> out. You and Obama, they're going to. It's the new Odd Couple movie. Did you hear about in New York City, like most of the people they let out went right back to a life of crime? Yeah, they went right back to jail. How yeah. many times do you get let out? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a shitty decision that was. Uh, thank God I'm not near it. Sorry for you folks in New York City. Yucky. Crazy. Yuckensy duty. Yuckensy duty. And now they want you to take pictures of people uh, violating the uh, whatever rules that de Blasio has put in place. Take pictures and, and narc on your friends. I liked it better when it was loose lips sink ships. As well, I like the first part of that. Loose lips? Yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, when I was a kid, yes, uh, the guy from... The, the uh, oh no! Wait a minute. Uh huh. What's that Vietnamese movie called? The Vietnamese. The killing. Uh, the. The killing the, field. Was it the killing fields? I always confuse that with the onion fields. Oh, it might be either one. No, of it was those. the killing fields. Okay. Uh, that guy. Uh huh. Is a famous photographer. Right. Was his name like Dith Pran or something? I don't know. Yeah, look it up. No, just kidding. My God. <laughs> But uh, you look it up, one time he took a picture of me and my friends, oh. and we were uh, we were in the newspaper for oh. the New York Times. We were playing music on the street corner, and we got on the cover of the uh, entertainment section for the weekend New York Times. Why don't you look for that picture online? I don't know where the hell to find it. That man passed away, but he was famous for taking photos in Vietnam, and then he became a famous New York Times photographer. Maybe Dith Pran. Maybe I'm making that part up. But if you, do you not know the date that it appeared? Did uh, you buy I don't the newspaper? Know the exact date. It was around 1991 or two or 90. Which friends were you playing with? Oh, that was uh, Rod uh-huh. and my other friend who had a mohawk. Which friend was that? Uh, he had a mohawk. I don't know. I can't name. even remember his name right this second. I see. Some friend you are. Yeah, he was a he was one of those militant vegetarians. He was a militant vegan. In the 90s? Militant vegan bass player. I see. Yes, in the 90s. 80s, 90s. Good for him. Yes. I wonder if he still is. I don't know what he is. I see. Well, neither do I. I think his name was Tom. Oh, all right. Tom, Rod, and, and Dave. Yeah, coming at you. Coming at you from the New York Times. I can, you don't have a, a copy? You didn't buy a copy? I had a copy at one point. I don't know what happened to it. I had I had bought like maybe five or six copies of when I was on the in the Daily uh, Post. We still have that somewhere. Where is it? There's no such thing as the Daily Post. Oh, what was it? That's New York a made Post. Up newspaper. The That's New like York a, Post. Welcome to Metropolis. Welcome to Metropolis is New York Post Daily. So uh, the Village Voice is out of business. What kind of world do we live in where the Village Voice went out of business? Well, Look what you liberals did. Go, yep, they got woke and they you went shit broke. in your own fucking kitchen. So, uh, anyway, the movie ends, uh, the, you know, the movie is the, the span of the 88 days and how much they went through. And uh, if you check out the real footage, you'll see that um, it, was pretty, it was a pretty good portrayal of all of them, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say that's true. It's pretty good. I think it's Sam, Rill, Sam Rockwell is much more uh, charismatic than the original guy. Yeah, the, uh, the original guy was a... Uh, he should have been played by Dwight Schrute. I see. Is that his name? Dwight Schrute from The Office? Yes. Uh-huh. He should have played him. Why? Because he's less handsome. Oh, I see. So you've got a little... Uh, I'm just saying, Sam Rockwell, 
has something about him. He's a he's a movie star. I see. I don't think the regional uh, lawyer what? was a. Mo- I don't think the lawyer was a movie star. He didn't have movie star qualities. I'm not saying Sam Rockwell is a great looking guy, but he has something about him that. He's got it, Dave. He's kind of like a poor man's uh, James Franco. James Franco's in a lot of trouble these days. Hey, take it ish. He's not a good person. Oh, harsh out, man. That's why you don't hear much about him. But if yeah. you uh, speaking of which, yeah, where what happened to Seth Green? Where is he? Where the hell is Seth Green? I don't know. That being said, how about Freddie Prinze Jr.? What happened to him? Isn't he still married to Sarah Michelle Gellar? Wow, that's what happened to him. What? Oh, he's got an excuse. <laughs> he can stay home. I see. Is she enchanting because she's Jewish? She's enchanting. Okay. (laughs) She's Jewish. She's She's Jewish? Keller, that sounds Jewish. Yeah. All right. Good for her. She gets a pass. All right. Excellent. Uh, Is she a a devil worshiper? I don't know what she is. Is Katy Perry? Katy Perry is a disappointment. That's all I have to say. Um, Is there anything else about this movie you wanted to say? Uh. Let's see now. So Sam Rockwell, yeah, who was the uh, uh, appalling blonde broad? That was thirteen from House. Thirteen. I never heard of her. We watched House. Olivia Wilde. We watched House. Uh, thirteen. Maybe I tuned out by that point. No. No, you did not. I tuned out of House after a while. She was not blonde in House. Oh, was she the uptight doctor? Uptight doctor. His boss? No, that's Cuddy. Cuddy. You can't tell that that was not Cuddy? I don't see. I didn't follow the show very well. Okay, so there was... uh, I confused House with Hack. Hack was only on for one season. I love Hack. I love the guy who plays Hack. Hack was great. We loved Hack. For as, as I like short the as black guy in Hack. Was that The Rock? No, that was the guy that... I confused my characters. Okay. I think he also played like the captain in the the 99th. Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes. He's also in that. Oh, the gay captain. Was he gay? Yeah, he okay. was gay in that show. That's a show I did not watch very much. Yeah, I stopped watching it after a little while. So, uh... Yes, 13. She had uh, brown hair, and she was... Was she an addict or something? Uh, an addict. She's also... I think she's married and has children with Jason Sudeikis. Oh, in real life? Uh-huh. Isn't that bizarre? She's either a really good actress or a horrible person in real life. <laughs> I think she's a really good actress. I hope so for Jason Sudeikis's. Sakis. Okay. I think she's a good actress. I mean, she was also in the new Tron, which I thought was awful. How about the old Tron? I also thought that was awful. Wait, is it really the new Tron? It wasn't called the new Tron? You're talking about the Tron, the new version? Right. I thought you meant something called the new Tron. No, there was like something called Jimmy Neutron, but I think that was like a cartoon. How about Jimmy Old Tron or something? (laughs) No, that's terrible. Uh, Yeah. uh Uh, so, tantamount. Yes. Did I hear that? Did someone say tantamount? I don't know. Holy cow! All right. So, uh, I would. I would on a scale of one to ten. I'd say that's tantamount. What would you give this movie? 
I would give it a seven oh. and a half. What would you give it? I would give it a solid eight. Holy Canelza. I, I mean, it's a uh, it's a story that that deserved to be told. Uh, it really shines a light on the you know how shitty the media and the FBI. If the FBI, if you look into that whole um, era, were just shitty. Yeah, you know what? I think the movie should have been told about ten years ago. I think it's ten years too late. Well, yeah, because he passed away. Richard yeah, Jewell it, passed away. It just be it's just become like, why did he choose this? Is it, there's so many things he could have chosen. Why this? Uh, I think I think uh, Clint Eastwood has is kind of uh, unhappy with the media as well. So why didn't he do a Ruby Ridge? Maybe he will. I don't. Clint, get on it. Okay. Or Waco, or you know, this is a, there was a whole string of shite. Get off my lawn, Clint. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There was a whole string of bad. Uh, and it's really those guys at the top. It was really those guys at the top. If you read the uh, article from Vanity Fair, which I will post in the show notes, you'll see that it was. Uh, it, it, there was some bad hombres in the in the upper uh, FBI. What and they're like their Frank was better. Mm-hmm. They could they're better now. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. Again, it's again, and even now, I mean, the 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 bad guys at the top have mostly been forced out. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I I feel like they've been operating on their own set of rules for decades and decades and decades, uh, probably since they were formed. So. Um, yeah, they need to. Uh, there needs to be some accountability. They need to simmer down hot sauce. All right. Isn't Where that what you said in the movie? Simmer down hot sauce. Who said that? The lawyer said that to his uh, secretary. Oh. He that was married the best her. Line. That was the best line in the movie. He married her. Well, they said, and they have, oh, she's an honorable man. See, uh, they. This is what happened. They. Uh, he. They got married. He knocked her up. That's what happened. They had two children. <laughs> and uh, to keep it all in the family, Bobby Jewel uh, babysat the children for them. I don't like the term babysat. That sounds dangerous. Well, what would you call it? Watching the kids. I see. Babysitting sounds like you might smother someone to death. Doesn't babysitting make you think that you get paid for it? And watching I get the paid kids for smothering kids. Watching the kids makes it think that it's a, not a, necessarily a job. Not necessarily the news. Not necessarily. Coming back at you. I wish it would, but it would just be liberal bullshit. Isn't it all just liberal bullshit? It certainly On is. the next liberal bullshit. What'd you just say? On the next liberal oh. bullshit, Condoleezza Rice will talk to you about Colin Powell. Neither of those and are the liberals. the way he fixes Volvos. <laughs> now, that is a fact. The man likes to fix Volvos. He look does? It, look it up. I don't want to. Colin Powell is a Volvo enthusiast. Okay. Something you didn't know. That's on today's things you didn't know about Colin Powell. I guess in closing, I'll just say that uh, Richard Jewell and his team of lawyers 
successfully sued NBC. Well, that's what I wanted to see. That's there you go. Now there was a while back in the show where I could, I was stumbling because I couldn't remember what I wanted to say. Oh, and it, I was wondering, uh-huh. did he successfully sue NBC? He successfully sued NBC, uh, CNN, the college. And that, what did he earn? I think. Uh, well, some of the. They left that out of the movie. Yeah, some well. That's convenient. A lot of these things. Uh, How do you leave that out of the movie, Dave? Sometimes huh? you have a non-disclosure. You cannot say what your settlement amount is. And make it up. It's a movie. Well, okay. So I think uh, I think he got five hundred grand from NBC. That's not enough. He got an undisclosed amount from. How much did the kid? CNN. How I much believe? did the religious kid just get with the Indian guy? They won't. They didn't disclose it. I hope uh, he gets it's more than five hundred grand. I I, w- I would hope he now owns CNN. That would be my hope. The Covington Catholic kid. Covington. That poor kid. That but there's another example, right? Yep. Perfect, perfect example. Yeah. So that's why they uh, like to hang people out to dry. Yeah, and they just they just spin it. To make it seem worse than it is, and it literally was just a kid who was just not—he was just sitting there and smiling. And, and then being they prop polite. other prop up other people as if they're heroes when they're nothing but uh, common day thugs. Yeah, yeah. Hands up, don't shoot. Hands up, don't shoot. Really? So that's yeah. right. We're racists. That's why I. Well, that's not racist. That's oh, just sorry. Not a thing that happened. No, I'm not talking about that. That's the thing I was thinking. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, but. Just, Keep that shit to yourself. I'm thinking I'm something racist. that's racist right now. Okay. All right. That's fine. And if you can guess it, you're racist too. I can't and I don't want to. Anyway, guess what I'm uh, thinking. Oh, oh you are a racist, aren't you? Dave. Huh? I'm going to have to end the show Was now. Was Richard Jewell a racist? I don't think so. They never said anything about that at all. Okay. He just didn't have any black friends. That sure. seems convenient. No one said he didn't have black friends. Oh, I'm saying it. He had a nice Toyota truck, though. Or was that where they taken liberties? Nope, he had a Toyota truck. Okay, he had a blue Toyota he truck. He gets a pass. They might have even used his truck in the movie. For I'll use his truck in the movie. Oh, okay. Anyway, he tried to also uh, sue the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And they failed. They The, the judge would not award him uh, the victory there. Um, I think that's he was bullshit. In cahoots. The judge was in cahoots with the newspaper. I I don't doubt it. Actually, I maybe don't he doubt was the it. one having sex with the reporter. Well, and like I said, she uh, she had sex with someone. Uh, maybe many someones. I don't know, but uh, where's that movie? I don't. I don't know. I <laughs> Is don't that want, on Cinemax? I don't want to see that movie. At, at one p. At one a.m. Uh-huh, no. Who has Cinemax? We, Does that even exist anymore? I don't know. We don't have it. Yeah, I saw that on Cinemax. That's a great name for a, a show. Uh, it's a network, Cinemax. Yeah, it's, it's not, they they're not trying to hide much there. What? Cinemax. Oh. Like they're sitting to the max, man. I see. Oh, like I didn't think of it that way, but uh, perhaps. Perhaps it's not Saint Max, I'll tell you that much. It's not what? Saint Max. Uh huh. Well, I mean, I think Cinemax at the beginning was just another HBO. Yeah, without clothes on. Was it always like no, that? No, just kidding. Stop it then. 
go. Cinemax After Dark, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah, I know, but I, I don't... Uh, Is that racist, After Dark? I hate you. How about that? So, okay, he sued Piedmont College. That guy, for, he just sues everybody. Settled for an undisclosed amount. Well, he, you know, his lawyers, okay? He sued NBC... And the network agreed to pay him $500,000, even though they stood by their story. They would not admit any wrongdoing, but they uh-huh. did cough up five hundred grand. Jesus. He sued the New York Post what? for $15 million, contending that the paper portrayed him in articles, photographs, and an editorial cartoon as an aberrant person with a bizarre employment history who was probably guilty of the bombing. Hmm. He settled with them for an undisclosed amount, and... Uh, he sued, like I said, the Atlanta Journal Constitution, but uh, something wanky went there on there. And uh, this whole undisclosed amount thing—they got to change that. Who is that protecting? I don't know. It's weird, right? It's just like, well, we're suing, and uh, you can't talk about you it. You can't talk about it. We'll, well give you about, the money. What but happens you can't to you? We can take it, it away. I well, guess they would. What if you spent it all already? Then they'd sue you back, I guess. I don't know. I'll sue them back again. Okay. It never ends. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Richard, Duell, Richard Jewell died on August 29th, 2007, at the age of 44. Jesus Christ. Now, were they trying to imply in the movie that he had a agita? He had some sort of heart condition? He was... Undiagnosed? He was... Because he kept grabbing his chest. He did die of heart failure, um... Uh, it says here he suffered from serious medical problems that were related to his diabetes. Yeah, it was also related to him being uh, tortured throughout his life for the for the last ten years of his life. Yeah, the strain on his heart must have been unbelievable. Yeah, just he, uh, I, I honestly. I doubt he would have died that early. I mean, it's possible, but I doubt it. Yeah, no way he would have died that early. If he had just been able to live his life. Uh, there's just no way he would have. Uh, then again, I mean, he earned a lot of money there. He could have no. turned that around, possibly. Uh, you, you know, it was never about the money for him. Yeah. It was. I, I'm. I'm sure the. I'm sure the attorneys. I mean, look, the 88 days of uh, attorney fees at a couple hundred bucks an hour. Uh, I'm sure that adds up pretty quick too. So I don't even mm. know how much he actually kept i bet he got enough i hope so uh in 2006 governor sonny purdue publicly thanked jewel on behalf of the state of georgia for saving the lives of people at the olympics he died the next year but at least he was being recognized yeah it's terrible terrible thing that happened uh yeah you brought up the kid from the covington catholic school same exact thing they don't learn their lesson. They don't fucking learn their lesson. Or they don't give a shit enough to learn their lesson. No lesson for them to learn. Fuck it. They don't care. It's 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 disgraceful. It is disgraceful. Alright. Poop. Poop? Can I have one poopoo platter to go? Uh-huh. No, no poopoo platter ever again. All right. You can't eat poopoo platters, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Stop eating poopoo platter. Right. No, uh, no fantail shrimp, and no poopoo platter. Okay. 
I don't know what you're... Take those spare ribs and shove them up your ass. I don't know what you're doing. I'm telling you, the Chinese food industry is going down, motherfucker. Oh, I think it went... See, this is the thing. You're going down, motherfucker. In... Towards the middle of January, maybe the middle to third week of January, I told you, you know what? Let's not get any Chinese food. And I said, what? You must be high. Yeah, I don't think you... My wife was so on it, and I was off it. I didn't believe it at all. Yeah, I thought it was a joke. It's true, ladies and gentlemen. I was wrong. Dave was one of those. It's just the flu, bro. Yeah. I, uh, look, I'm conspiratorial minded, conspiratorially minded. We we bought masks before there were no masks. Yeah. You all can go fuck yourselves. How about that? I'm hoarding masks. I got 7,000 masks. That's not true. Hidden in the Ozark Mountains. We do not. Go look for them. You see that silo over there? It's filled with masks. That's not true. Oh, Ozark Mountain Daredevil Mask Company. Two packages of masks. And I I used them all. I peed on them. No. I peed on those masks. No. And then I'll return them. I peed on the masks and return them in in an enclosed envelope. Dave. I'm a I'm a mask peer. No, you're not. I'm I am the mask peer. Stop it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm the mask peer. I don't like you. I pee on masks. I you make me a bad person. Yes, actually, yes. Well, I was raised to do this. I don't know. No one I don't raised know you to better. pee on masks. I come from a, a land where mask peeing is widely recognized as a a custom. No wonder you think Maya Rudolph is enchanting. I love peeing on Maya Rudolph's mask. Uh huh. Anyway, um, so, yeah, we kind of said no to uh, to Chinese food early. And this has nothing to do with pee-pee and Coke. And then people started saying, oh, go to your Chinese food restaurants. And I was like, nope, sorry, I can't. Now, we had a relationship with the Chinese. Uh, we would go with steady customers. Yeah. And now we're steady me. We're enemy customers. We're not enemies. Yeah. We were so good, I even donated to the bitches' uh, field trip. What? Little girl had a field trip. I gave him ten bucks for the field trip. Okay. Now the field trip is canceled because school's canceled. Where's my ten bucks? I want my money back. First of all, don't call a child a little bitch. That little bitch got my, got my ten bucks. Dude, that's a dick thing to say. That's not even funny. Look how well, happy you are with well, yourself. Well, we we against the Chinese food. I can't be against the people. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I take it back. I just child. look. I didn't know. You Listen, can keep my ten dollars. At the time, I said no more Chinese food. I knew that this had been happening for weeks, and oh. people had been coming in and out of the country. When you said food. I thought that was a code for people. And I knew that Wuhan. Look, at, we don't really hear too much about Wuhan here, but it's big. It's a big area, and it's got a huge airport, and people were flying in and out of there for weeks before we knew officially it was a thing. But I kind of, uh, you know, I was, I was on it. I was, you know, searching the deepest, darkest depths of the internets for, uh, you know, videos of of Wuhan and what was happening. And I was just like, "There's no way this shit is happening." Uh, for no reason, and that's and no again, one thought it was going to happen here. We Remember did. the people on the train with their fake coronavirus outfit with the liquid labeled coronavirus, and they were scaring people, and everyone thought it was some sort of joke. Well, it was. Now, where are they? Where are they now? They're assholes. But that's that's kind of you know, look, that's uh. People don't. It's. I even posted on uh, Twitter normalcy bias because it's. It's that's part of it. You just don't think that 
your life, your normal routine is going to get disrupted in such a huge way. And I was watching my Twitter feed with, you know, a lot of people who didn't quite realize that it was coming and that it was going to be a little weird because you just don't think that it's going to be that way here. But here we have people, I mean, you saw the video of a guy getting pulled off a bus in Philadelphia uh, for not wearing a mask. I mean, when I was watching videos of people being welded into their homes in China, I was like, that shit's never going to happen here. Yet, look what we have. We've got de Blasio asking you to take a picture and, and report people. We've got people not even allowed to go walking, you know, on the street in some places. Uh, people can't buy seeds in some places. Washington State, you're not allowed to fish. You're not allowed to go fish up your own food. I, it's, it's absurd. And uh, each state has its own weird set of rules. And um, uh, wow. Wow. I mean, New York City, I kind of understand that they should have New York City rules. They shouldn't have upstate New York rules. They should have New York City rules. But, um, you know, it's a little weird how you see every governor acts a little differently. Um, I I know that they think they're doing the right thing, but there is a constitution, so. In essence, it's a drag, man. Yeah, but uh, hopefully there's, uh, it's turning around now. Hopefully. Now, Cuomo. Yes, which one? Chris or Both of them, for that matter. All right. Now, some people are likening them to the Kennedys. No. Now, some people is Sean Penn. I would like to say, is that... Now, if you're the Cuomos, is that an insult or a compliment? Do you say, oh, thanks for the compliment, or we're better than them? I mean, I guess it depends on which Kennedys... Are the ones that are fucked up. They're all, <laughs> all of them. I mean, if you're saying, look, you're just you're like Ted Kennedy. Kennedy, you know, Chappaquiddick, well, then maybe, I don't know. I you don't remind know. remind me of the Kennedys and Michael Skankel. Skankel or Skagel? Yeah, see, you know better than me. Yeah, well. Uh, if you find a weirdo in a tree, it might be him. Yeah, that was bad. That was a bad thing. The whole thing. thing's bad. The whole family's bad. They just, some more people just died. Someone overdosed. Oh, on Kennedy's? Yeah, no. Kennedy overdosed and another one capsized. The one lady and her son drowned and somebody overdosed now? I don't know. So I think so. Oh, that's bad. That's sad. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a, a, a family curse. Yeah, it's called fucking up. Well, I mean, I guess so, right? Um, personal responsibility. So do you have anything else to say? Uh, Would you recommend this movie? Yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah, I recommend it. It's a good movie. It was, you know, a lot of it was very good. It was seven point five. What wasn't good for you? Oh, uh, just uh, I didn't believe how that. Uh, I didn't believe how they set that uh, reporter's character up to be so uh unmoral immoral and then all of a sudden she's uh crying and uh changed her mind out of nowhere well that I seems to be true it. right i don't know it's not that she i don't i think she realized that how much her fucking story ruined these people's lives this is the first time that ever happened with her probably with her she yes. got that high up in the fucking network with and it was the first time 
Yeah, well, what happened with that paper, There's, if you read the backstory on that uh, Vanity Fair article, is that the paper had been being run by somebody who was uh, from the New York Times, and uh, for whatever reason, the local authorities, the local government, uh, didn't didn't like what he was putting in the paper. I guess it was, you know, I guess the paper was just like that judge, you know, they're all in cahoots. So he, he got ousted or he left and, and went to teach journalism elsewhere. And the paper became a joke. Like it was uh-huh. for a little bit, it was a, it was a real thing. And then it became just a, a joke. And so when they ran this story, it was it was the thing that made them front and center again. So yeah, it probably was her first national thing. Yes, she was just you uh, know she was just the police reporter basically. Well, she seemed awfully 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 uh, dominant. Well, she was a, like also in this Vanity Fair article they referred to her as a police groupie. So take from that what you will. Ah. Uh. Bizarre. Mm-hmm. I thought police groupies hung out around Sting. <laughs> I just, I can't. I know I a can't. couple of police groupies. They're uh-huh. really pathetic. What? Yeah, exactly. Huh? Is this thing not ever on? I. Uh, all right. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I would recommend the movie. Um, I look forward to the Catholic Covington boy, uh, his movie. I got the Covington boy. Uh, honestly, it's, it's the same shit. Covington boy. It's still happening. It's still happening. It's happening when there's not even a crime committed. That's the, that's the really crazy thing it now. It just happened now, dude. You look out your window, it's happening. I'm just saying, you know, the Covington kid smiled, and that was that was the crime. He didn't just smile, man. He smiled with some white privilege, snarky shit, man. Owen Benjamin, fucking white. Alex Jones, Gavin McInnes. They have they have crazy uh, crazy thoughts and ideas, um, but they're not thought policing isn't a thing, or wasn't supposed to be. But here they are. That was a thing, right? Dave. Huh? Cheap trick? You're doing that thing where I can't get a sentence out. <laughs> what? I thought we were done. All right. Well, I'm done now. So oh, anyway, Jesus. check out this movie. Uh, we have 75 other episodes at middleagecoolkids.com. Um, you can peruse them there. Uh, also, we have some uh, reaction videos from Dave. We have more that are going to be coming soon. Um when I get my shit together after I edit the show. Hello. Okay. Anyway, thanks a lot. Uh, and we will see you next time, America. Goodbye. Did Louis Free or anyone from the FBI ever call you up and say, Mr. Jewell, we made a mistake. We're sorry. No, sir. Nobody's ever called me, written me a letter, sent me an email, called any of my attorneys. Called in five in. years? No, sir. Richard Jewell, in fact, saved over 100 innocent people's lives that night, and no one 
has ever bothered to even say, thank you, Mr. Jewell.